Hello, and welcome movie fans to a very special mini-sode of Remove Film from Trey. It's just me and Count. Hey everyone, it's me, Count. Happy 2024. First podcast in the new year. Not to date it, but we're dating it. Because, you know, it's cool to date things sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, I mean, sometimes you got to. Yeah, we are. It's a mark of a new year, right? So this is officially the second year of Remove Film from Trey. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, entering. Well, you know, I'm, I'm marking it. Is this actually episode 23 or is it episode 22? I uh, don't know. It's... Did I for some reason advance an extra <laughs> number? I don't. You have some sort of. I'm having a existential crisis about this. Um, uh, no, it's 23. 22 was Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So it's it's been you know we've had the holidays. Count's got some puppies. Are you expecting any puppy action on the mic? Hopefully not. They're in another room in a quieter room, so <laughs> unless they're let out. Did you put on puppy TV be. for them. Yeah, put on the birds on the laptop. Yeah. Uh, Cyraptor's been busy, a little distant. Uh, he's probably going to be upset. We're going over his head on this, but still still want to do his top 10, 20, 30. However many, you know, Cyraptor will be back. Cyraptor, we love you. You're welcome back anytime. We just watched a bunch of weird shit and more said, let's talk about it. Do you want to do an episode? Our usual time on Fridays tomorrow? <laughs> I said, yeah. Yeah, we're recording this at noon on Friday on a Tuesday. So. Because <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like these movies anyway. Uh, yeah. But first... Our, our traditional catch-up with Puppet Master the Game. Uh, Boy, howdy. If, if this is where you come to for Puppet Master the Game news, maybe find a new source. <laughs> uh, Demonic Toys are out. They have released the Demonic Toys as a new faction into Puppet Master the Game. We have not really played it yet, but they're in there. No, we both we both played separately, but not together yet. There's a new mode that takes way too long. Like you have it's puppets versus toys and you have to get like a hundred kills. Um <laughs> I Again, I still played before the bug was fixed, so it was still up to like what three hundred or five hundred. I, I feel like um I don't know. I, I think Thief, the the old three V one mode is the way to play, but that is the best mode. But now you can have baby oopsie in there and he talks and he cusses and I didn't he get to shits play his pants. the demonic toys. Yeah, me so. either. I <laughs> the match I was in, like it was totems versus toys and I was on totems. So yeah, it kept putting me on puppets and then there was like only one other match and I got a puppet and then I Closed the game. It was running very laggy for me, Puppet Master to game developers. Um, I don't know if that was a connection issue maybe, on my end or too what. Many, usually... Too many toys. Maybe. In the, Just was, the toys were very laggy. There's a giant weird bear. We'll talk about it more if we ever play it. <laughs> I don't know. It would be nice to play it. 
Yeah. Get Cloudy we'll get, back like, in we'll there. Together. Slushy will be back in America soon. So, who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll have a little Puppet Master of the Game session. <clears throat> Folks, it's free. Listeners out there, it's free on Steam. All these updates are free. That's nice of them to do. Thank you, developers. Try it out. So, jumping back in time, before the new year, before Christmas, friend of the show, MDB100, had a little little Christmas show on Twitch, little mini-marathon of insane Christmas movies. We're going to talk about two of them. Uh, the first one was Santa's Letters, <laughs> which... Uh, there it is. Can you synopsize this, Count? All right, Santa's Letters is a bunch of people in their 20s and early 30s playing children, and one of them is a little boy. wait. They're also playing adults. Okay, they are also playing... Okay, every... Adults play every role. So there are no actual children in this movie. That there's like a family, and they're adults... The only Entirely way adult. the only way you know they're kids is if they're like wearing a backwards baseball cap or something right, and or like overalls and acting sort of stupid. Yeah. But every actor in this film is the same age with the exception of Santa who is on the cover here. Santa, the Italian American Santa. Um There's a little boy, he writes a letter to Santa and then Santa just keeps an eye on him all year round it seemed to be. They 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 sort of become pen pals. Yeah, a they little bit. Santa writes back, which is crazy. Yeah, this isn't a Christmas movie. It's like a year round movie about Santa. Right. It's it's Christmas, and then like it just keeps going. Like it goes to yeah. August or something. <laughs> like he originally writes to Santa. He's like, "Tell please, Santa, stop my family from yelling at each other." Right. They're fighting. And yeah. <laughs> So they just they just sort of become friends. And uh, I kind of recommend this movie. <laughs> yeah, I I thought th- this movie like the th- the fact that everybody is played by an adult kind of it makes it feel like a play. Right. A little bit. And there's something as I was watching this, there's something about the way the dialogue is like written and edited. And like the pacing of it that feels a lot like clerks. Right. Like he said just it's like if Randall wrote this. Right. Like there's like a there's like a weird cynicism and like it, it feels like a movie that the character Randall from Clerks would have written, like a shithead who has watched too many movies <laughs> from right. like from suburbia. It, it it's really I weird. See that for, definitely see that and it reminds me a lot of the clerks animated show, the brief run kind of that weird feeling to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Randall got a little bit more characterization there. So kind of, I'm not sure how you see this movie. Uh, it's on Tubi. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. It's on Tubi. You can check it out. Right. I mean, don't check it out now. It's not Christmas, but well, you can check it out a now, Christmas movie. Yeah, so you can check it out now. In any watch it year half round. of the year. <laughs> There's there's a lot of weird like clip art in the movie. Like every time Santa's involved, there's there's weird 
green screen clip art and it's I haven't really ever seen a movie that is made like this. <laughs> it's just well let me look up what year this came out. Santa's letters. This movie came out in 2000, okay? And it, it looks weird and strange and bad, and it kind of is, but this is all Tubi is now from movies of, like, 2023. They're all like this. They're all these right. it's kind just, of shitty movies. It's ahead of its time in terms of, like, yeah. shitty digital filmmaking. <laughs> and yet, somehow, it looks better. It has to be shot on DV or something, because it looks better than some of the to be crap out there not much better folks don't don't <laughs> right don't talk about a pure don't get it twisted like a yeah the depth of field type of thing not cinematography there's no film grin yeah no you're not you're not gonna be fooled i don't put it put it in the pile save it for next christmas it's a good one for your college friends I know Captain Raz loves for us to mention it for all his college-age buddies out there. I wasn't going to say it. So you have a friend in college. You, are, you in already college. said it's on Tubi, so that's the other. Yeah, it's on it. Tubi. Uh, <laughs> Sponsor us, Tubi. The next film was <laughs> A Karate Christmas Miracle. Uh, a Kenneth Del Vecchio production. Uh, this one, maybe don't put it on the pile. I hated this. This is a criminal endeavor, <laughs> a criminal. and I think that the guy who made this film should be in jail forever. Uh, and everyone who's in the movie, should maybe also for accessory. Um, Even Eric Roberts? Hmm. I don't know that Eric was Eric Roberts in this movie or was that footage of Eric Roberts? Well, they probably just had him film it from wherever he is. He does that a lot where you can pay him a little bit of money and then he'll like turn on a camera right. and film lines and send them over. Well, okay. So this is a semi sequel to a movie that I had seen the cover of. Um, which I don't I don't remember exactly what it is. It's it's called like Joker Aurora Theater Massacre or some shit. It's what? like that's what it is. <laughs> it's it's a movie based on the Aurora like Batman shooting. And it's it, like it came out like the week after or something. Like fucking like awful. deeply tasteless. <laughs> yeah. So this is a semi sequel to that. The, the the premise of this movie is that one of the characters from that movie who was killed in the theater shooting by the clown uh, is not dead, but he is trapped somewhere. <laughs> like, oh, right. The father. In, he was... in the father who is played by the director of the film. I, I believe. Um, well, I'm looking at IMDb because I wanted to look up the the clown movie, what it was called, and it's uh, saying a woman directed this, which would explain a lot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, the plot of this movie is that this the child, the child of the dead dad, is learning karate, and he he he's he's having like 
David Lynch-esque visions of Eric Roberts giving an evil speech in a movie theater and like somehow he's connected this to like to save his father from purgatory he has to learn karate in a very specific way and get a black belt before Christmas and yeah and and part of this is that he has to stop talking like he takes a vow of silence at one point <laughs> and there's this whole like subplot with his mom like realizing that family is more important than her corporate job which is like designing logos for coffee or some shit like that like i don't i don't remember that at all like orange but juice it's like she, she like designed a logo for orange it's some weird thing like that and she like she gets involved with a psychic <laughs> and they they just I sort of like it. go on this it's just rambling and nonsensical and i oh right the, the psychic who is a professor yeah she's a she's a law professor right and she in kept on, community was college denying that she was a psychic at first right yeah <laughs> but so the child uh he gets his black belt and at the very end of the movie the dad walks in the door on christmas and he says you saved me i'm back <laughs> that's the and then the credits roll and it's like think you're you're underselling he literally is handed the black belt and the dad like comes out from behind a curtain like in the same room right like he walks in from the screen door i think right like um like seconds later <laughs> also that we did mention he's getting the black belt like an at-home training program and oh, he's got a class he, he goes to the class you know sometimes does he i thought he was doing it at home i think that he may have got the black belt at home <laughs> okay <laughs> like he tested for the black belt in his living room or something i don't know um, i was very confused by that i thought he was like homeschooling for karate <laughs> But just like there's this whole subplot about the the father of the guy who runs the movie theater chain is like donating the movie theater to his daughter whose name is Aurora when he dies. Like, oh yeah, it's more tasteless shit. It's it's really weird and really tasteless. I think somebody in the chat said while we were watching this, the, the director is like, he was a lawyer, but he got disbarred for like repeatedly bringing up politics during cases or something. Does that, does that sound familiar? Uh, I don't remember that comment. I'm telling you, it says a woman, Julie Kimmel. She directed this. She's the blame. I don't know. Let me look up who this guy is. I mean, maybe up. it, maybe it's a, uh... Maybe he just produced it. Maybe, right? Maybe uh, could be maybe Charles it's one of, maybe it's like a name again. Puppet Master th Four yeah. three, uh, <laughs> situation. Okay, the guy to blame, I think it's this guy, one of the writers, Ken Del Vecchio. Right, Joker's Wild, Clowns Are No Joking Matter, which he directed or wrote or something, and Aurora. Is in that too? Is it the same actress? So yeah, yeah. I think a There's lot of that shared universe. I think a lot there. of that stuff is just reused footage, probably. Yeah, and, and Eric Roberts is in that, 
and there's a clown and that's just there's also a wrestling christmas miracle which is probably just the same movie again but <laughs> about wrestling we haven't seen that one but uh yeah this... i don't think we're going to unless mdb shows it and forces us to watch it don't don't put this one on the pile this one uh put it on the pile that's on fire <laughs> yeah this one's really it's not even a curiosity watch it's just terrible it's kind of sickening it's bad really i'm trying to come up with better terms for this better words to describe this movie it's bland it's nonsensical it's incompetent which is sadly i'm trying not to use all of our adjectives up because a lot of these are going to describe a movie later that we're going to be talking about so <laughs> i'll end it here it's, for it's a tasteless cry. criminally tasteless yeah it is folks so, i don't care where you fall on the political spectrum you don't you don't name your characters after like shootings and don't also also don't you? tie your weird pseudo christian david lynch christmas yeah. movie into a shooting either yeah, like, don't make a shared universe based off a public shooting <laughs> the hell is wrong with you right <laughs> so out of christmas but still still shown by mdb uh we watched the peanut butter solution we sure did weird canadian children's movie uh i think i had never heard of this i think people i think some people have maybe canadians um, uh, I had heard of it, but I hadn't seen it. This this is a film about a small Until child <laughs> who is poor, but he's he's so good hearted. He gives his grocery money to winos, they call them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, dream logic in this film. Uh, is the best way to describe what happens. I like this movie. I kind of didn't. No? <laughs> no. So, the the kid gives his, his grocery money to the winos, and then the next morning, his friend comes over and says, hey, do you, do you remember those winos? The bank they hang out at burned down, and, and they're all dead now. <laughs> So, so they go, the two kids, they go and check it out. Yeah. They go after school and they do some, some urbex. They climb into the building and the main kid is scared by something so bad that all of his hair falls out. And the next feels like 45 to 80 minutes of the film is about him being sad that he doesn't have any hair. Uh, he has no hair. They try and make a wig for him. He goes back to school the next day, previously bald, then with a full head of hair, and then they immediately yank it off his head and point and laugh at him. Yeah, just he's he's a sensitive soul. This poor kid. He doesn't want to go to school without hair. 
luckily, finally, the ghosts of the two winos that he gave money to appear in his kitchen and give him the recipe or hair growth formula, which is like dirt, bug shit, dead flies, toilet water, (laughs) an egg, and some peanut butter. And don't put in too much peanut butter. There, it has to be like two teaspoons or whatever, but like it's not sticking together. So he puts in a lot of peanut butter, which I guess fucks up the formula because his hair grows back too much and and keeps growing. He gets rapid growing. hair growth. And <laughs> so uh, his buddy puts it on his pubes at this point which is a little weird for a kid's movie <laughs> to even Where acknowledge was I? that. Did I miss that? Did you? You must have. I guess. Yeah. Maybe so his little buddy is like, oh, this stuff makes hair grow. I'm going to put that on down there. Hurry things up. <laughs> and, and like, there's a scene where he's like, they, they're leaving school and they're like running across a crosswalk and there's, there's hair coming out of his pants leg. Like there's long hair. They kind of like that, that part of the story sort of goes away after that scene. (laughs) So there's also an evil art teacher who, who's named the senior and he like, he kidnaps the main kid and starts making brushes out of his hair which is still growing indefinitely. He starts cutting his hair and making paintbrushes out of it. And when you use the paintbrushes, it makes a magical painting (laughs) that you can walk inside. And he makes, there's like an evil sweatshop where he's, he's making a bunch of kids from school make these brushes out of the kid's hair. And like this part of the movie felt like 5,000 fingers of Dr. T for me. Have you ever seen that count? I have not. I have it's, not heard like, of that. I, I saw it in the list, and I don't know what it it's, is. It's uh, it's like an old, maybe late sixties, mid sixties. I'm not sure. It's a, it's a Dr. Seuss film. Like Dr. Okay. Seuss wrote the movie, uh, and it's about like an evil piano teacher who's like enslaving kids to play piano. In no, his I evil, heard you know. That. So that so this part reminded me of. Doctor is that any good? Uh, I I saw it once when I was a kid, and I don't really remember much about it. Like I think my mom put it on because it was like, oh look, this is about this kid doesn't want to go to piano lessons either. It's like, mom, <laughs> you're <laughs> it's your idea. You're making me go to piano. <laughs> have you seen the boy with the green hair? Because that's what this reminds me of. I have not. Uh, it's a boy who. Uh, parents get killed he gets really sad about it and he wakes up with green hair and everyone makes fun of him for it hmm what and uh, is it i mean is it similar to this where there's really no logic behind it <laughs> a little bit yeah and it kind of has the same tone i think it's much older from like the 50s or 40s even hmm. um but this i've rated that's usually give my ratings. We'll get into that shortly, but uh, just 
one and a half out of five because I think this is a good curiosity watch. The tone the entire time is kind of flat, which right. makes it perfect to watch. <laughs> it's just like kind of boring, but in an interesting way. Right. It is. Yeah, it is flat and it doesn't really seem to have a moral or no. a point. Like none of the stuff that seems like it would be the theme of the movie really is played up, you know, <laughs> like the kid sort of has a dead mom, but she's just on vacation. So like they, they can't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. She comes back. I, why even write her out of the movie? It doesn't, they don't really, or... they don't really like say anything about, Oh, you, you should give, you should be generous to winos. You should be creative because there's this like conflict about like the senior is always saying, don't do not draw what you imagine, draw what you see. And like the kid's dad is a painter who just like paints bullshit that doesn't sell. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no good lesson in this movie. There's no lesson, which is why I feel like it's just a weird chip towards us. It's as, as if I wrote it. And then, like, <laughs> like, like, Cal, what's the moral? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, he goes on this little journey. I don't know. The, the most interesting thing about it, I think, is just the, it has a complete dream logic aspect to just both the, the way the story flows and the way stuff functions in the movie. <laughs> so. We talked about, Letters to Santa or whatever, which is adults acting as children. This has the little girl acting like an adult. Right, his sister has to take over because the mom yeah. is on vacation. Remembering that part. Again, a normal movie, she would just be dead. Right. But <laughs> Divorced. I don't know. There's no reason to bring her back at the end other than some sort of true end shoehorned happy ending but, but I still uh, say watch this now don't watch this with your college friends well if you got some you got some uh, some of that herb yeah okay y'all, you and your college friends could smoke up <laughs> get fucked up and watch peanut butter solution could be could be good high I don't know. I, you know, it's fine. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I definitely didn't love it, but I think, I think it's worth a watch, a curiosity watch. If you're at the bottom of the barrel, I found, I found the narrative frustrating, (laughs) like, and the pacing frustrating. Yeah. You know, Oh, I did too. I'm not saying I enjoyed this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, I don't regret watching it. How about that? It doesn't, the, the, the poster we have up kind of makes it look a little magical. Like the budget is very low. It was a TV movie. So like, it's not really very magical. No, it's, it's very low horror movie and it's not, it is on Tubi. I'm looking at it. Nice, nice. 
It looked this one did look nicely shot, at least for being for a TV movie. It looked fine. Again, yeah. again later there will be a <laughs> right. There will be another one that looking look TV fine, movie, which is why I'm kind of thinking. I'm looking at screenshots. I'm like, you know, it doesn't look that bad. You got to be a little generous. Yeah. So I say, give it a shot. Getting into the stuff me and Count watched on our own time. Uh, we watched Go For It with Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. Probably my second favorite movie of theirs. God, I love these two. <laughs> can, you, can you synopsize this film? Oh my God. I could try. Do you remember? Uh, we watched it on January 1st at like four in the morning for me. Oh, right. More to say, right, hey, this, do you want to watch? This was after Muscle Memories, right? It was. And I was just like, fuck movie? it. I'm like, well. <laughs> I forgot that. I'm drunk. I'm so and I'm still awake, so yeah, let's put it on. Uh from from what I can tell, Bud Spencer gets out of jail, meets Terrence Hill, who's just skating around. And he's a ventral. He's able to throw his voice. Yeah, he can throw his voice. They meet up at a diner or a restaurant, and they're not friends. They don't know each other. They uh, Terrence Hill starts a fight in the bar in the restaurant. And then he and Bud Spencer escape. I can't remember their actual names. I'm going to keep calling them Bud and That's fine. Hill. Yeah. Um, they get into one a of truck. The, one of their names is Roscoe, which I only know because Do I've you know listened to the, No. <laughs> oh, because of the song. Because of the song. It's a good song. Great soundtrack on this film. Like, a lot of these movies have a great soundtrack and a great theme. Uh, I Like, what's the other one? Watch Out, We're Mad. Yeah, which we've we, we spoke about. Um, Always in my head. It, <laughs> that movie just replays the Dune Buggy song twenty times. Like this, this Black movie. King of my buggy. This movie has a lot of like different good songs in it, but it also has a good vocal theme, which just explains so, the first half hour of the movie. Yeah, the two of them get arrested for stealing a truck. Then they they trick the police into. Either letting them out. At some point, they get they trick the police that they're. Terrence, uh, Terrence uses no, his they, ability to to say, ah, "Stick, stick them up. We we're gonna right, get you." Escape the police. Yeah, they 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 fool the police into thinking they're being they're all being held up by mafia. Right, <laughs> and then they they steal like a briefcase. They get a they get a briefcase from somewhere. Oh they, right! They get it from the plane. They do. They do a little social engineering. They go to. They get on a plane for some reason, and they go and up to the sort of secret agent there. Yeah, they they go up to the counter case. and they're like, "Hey, we're 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 those guys." Oh, you're Mister X and Y. Oh yeah, that's us. <laughs> so yeah, they get roped into. It being was so easy agent. before nine eleven. It was. We were a real country back then yeah. in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah then they become secret agents and they get signed on a little mission becomes a bit of a bond movie and who who is the director of the cia in this film fuck the director of the cia is uh it's it's uh the big lebowski yeah <laughs> played As by the big the lebowski. lebowski 
Yeah, I can't. I can't remember his name. I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Oh, that's all you need. But it's the uh, it's the bigger Lebowski. And they uh, they go undercover as oil barons, and they have a big golden car. Yeah, with a bunch <laughs> of horns on it. There's uh, there's a little. Terrence gets involved in a little romance. Bud gets involved in a little kung fu fight. I think. I think that this movie is better than like in terms of the plot and the comedy. This is better than Watch Out We're Mad, but like Watch Out We're Mad has better action scenes and more of them. <laughs> I. I don't. I can't say for sure. I, I mean, I agree. I like Watch Out, We're Mad more than this. But I'm both yeah. given, I gave, well, I gave this five stars and I haven't watched, I haven't rated Watch Out, We're Mad, but I would also give that five stars. Um, pure it's entertainment. It's very you know? funny. It's There's this hot henchwoman. Yeah. Goes around beating them up. Not really, but she is there. I feel like the the finale of the movie could have been like a little longer. It's a little weak. Like like they go they get on the boat of the evil guy. Okay, can we talk about that? Sure. They they go into another restaurant and they go through a portal <laughs> and a toilet and they end up on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go to a pizza restaurant in the men's restroom. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> What's is, going uh, on is, there? is like they it's like a they dis- Mario pipe. Yeah, they disconnect the men's restroom and then move it to a boat every time somebody goes in it. I guess. Right. <laughs> and then they're on a yacht, and uh, there, there's like a running. Uh, this is completely out of sequence, but there's a running gag with all the like the CIA guys keep fucking up the actual CIA and there's, there's this running gag where (laughs) whoever it is will say to Bud and Spencer, Bud and Terrence, uh, I, I'd appreciate if you didn't put that in your report, that thing that I fucked up, (laughs) like, like it goes from the lowest guy all the way up to the big Lebowski throughout the movie. Um, they're like, no problem. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, I don't think this is on Tubi. (laughs) <laughs> but I doubt it. It's, they have some of their westerns, but not much else. Yeah. Highly recommended. Great yeah, soundtrack. And Very watch funny. out, we're mad. Just more Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. Put them in your life. They're funny guys. They're good guys. We still have Terrence Hill with us. If you want to come on the show. You wonder if he speaks Terrence. English. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Might speak some English, right? Probably some. Enough for a ten minute conversation. Tell them how much we love them. Uh the next film. Yokai Monsters Spook Warfare, aka The Great Yokai War. Now as <laughs> as we were watching this towards the end, um I realized that this is the one that I had as a, as oh, a no. youth. So I had seen this <laughs> shit, but so you haven't seen the first one. I haven't seen one. the first two. This is the third one, isn't it? This is the second one. Oh, it is. 
Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I haven't seen the first one, but this is a Japanese film, like 69, is this from? Sounds about right. Uh, This is a film about a Babylonian vampire is resurrected in sort of like, wait a minute, 60, when did Exorcist come out? (laughs) 70s? So this was before Exorcist, huh? Yes. I was thinking like, oh, this is kind of this is kind of like the Pazuzu thing in The Exorcist is like oh, that. It's very Pazuzu. Yeah, but it's like it couldn't have been inspired by that. I guess. <laughs> so this this ancient vampire is resurrected, travels to Japan, uh, takes over a feudal lord, and then it's up to the the local yokai, the Japanese ghosts, to beat him and get him out. <laughs> He travels to Japan immediately. He gets freed and zips on over to Japan. I guess he he stops on a boat. There's a little bit of a voyage of the demeter going on, and then the boat like, takes him to Japan. <laughs> but, but like he has his mindset to go there for some reason. Yeah. Uh. So, like I said, I got this. I must have got this on VHS. Probably in like ninety seven ish, and I at the time I I didn't love this movie. I still don't love this movie. <laughs> I think it's fine. I I don't love this movie either. I think it's. I think you're more negative on this than me. I I am more negative on this because they don't do anything with the monsters. There's not. They have a big fight. They do their, they all kind of do their power. It's, yeah. I mean, they all look interesting and they look good and they're shot well and well lit. We we talked about that a little bit when we were watching it. Like, it looks great and the designs look great. They just don't do anything with them. It's kind of like a ghoulies. It's not as bad as ghoulies, folks. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of, a lot of time is spent on like the humans. Yeah. And like it's hard to care about them because they're not cool ghosts and they don't do anything. But uh I think if they gave the monsters slightly more of a personality or problems of their own or they had their own storyline instead of just kind of being the cleanup crew in a way. Right. Or as like a solution to the problem. There's something there, but again, I'm thinking about this for 1969. It's fantastic given the year and uh, all the designs and everything. Right, this is after Ultraman came out, right? Definitely after Ultra Q. Um, yeah, I think. Just yeah, for all the all the amount. I mean, of it would it would have been right around exactly the same time as the original yeah. Ultraman. We don't get a lot of yokai movies well they this has been made like twice or something (laughs) but we don't get many of them there's not many movies of this era featuring this many monsters in it uh with this type of tone um uh, speaking of the tone and the remake (laughs) weird thing about this movie like the the big artist of you know yokai in japan is shigeru mizuki who did gigege no kitaro 
I always feel weird saying that. But there, like, this is not explicitly based on that, but there's a storyline in that where a foreign monster attacks Japan and all the yokai have to defeat them. And there's been there's been like a weird amount of um scholarly writing on that about how it's like a analogy for the occupation of Japan and stuff. And I it, like that. I I do like that plot and I like the the metaphor. I, I love the idea of a vampire or some other western type of monster yeah. attacking Japan and then Japan's monsters has to defend it. Yeah. Um but the remake like is not only more explicitly based on Mizuki's work, he's actually in the movie as the Demon King, I think it's set on IMDb. Cool. So that like I I want to watch that. That's from like 2005, the remake. Um and it like it takes place in modern time, I think. So more I don't know. Just it's I it's mean, an I'd interesting it. movie. Like what happened in the first one of this where the yokai just kind of bouncing around doing goofs? They were, they were bouncing around. I remember them being more malicious. They were bad guys, which is why I was confused that they're kind of heroic in this. Now I might be remembering it wrong, but I thought for sure that they were uh like evil. Like they weren't good. They were kind of killing people in the same <laughs> There's yeah, there's this isn't really a horror movie. There's a little blood kind of hammer horror style red paint blood. Yeah, which I liked. And you only saw it kind of at the beginning and then at the end. The rest of it was a bit bloodless and kind of strange that they it didn't know what kind of movie it was being to me anyway. There's there's always kind of the threat that the vampire is gonna permanently kill the yokai, but like he never does, <laughs> you know. He's right. like like you're you're a ghost. I'm gonna you think I can't kill a ghost? That's trivial for me. And then it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, and they keep saying we're immortal, we're immortal. Yeah, so it's hard to be worried really <laughs> for anybody. Yeah, even one of the characters you think is dead, and then isn't. Sorry for the spoiler, everyone, but <laughs> yeah, uh, not a fantastic movie, but it does, as Count said, it does look really good. Like you would kind of expect this kind of thing to, oh, it's cheesy. Look at their rubber suits. Like it's shot really well and like dark, like lit. It's all lit in such a way that it just looks good. It looks none, very none, good. none of the effects look like hinky or stupid. It it all looks it it just it looks good. It's visually good. If you like monsters the way we do, if you like your Ultraman and your Godzilla's and your your Kaijin and Kaiju, and you like samurai movies of the era, especially if you like samurai movies of the era, I would recommend watching this because it, it hits a combination of both of those. But don't expect some crazy uh, samurai action that you would get in a samurai movie or Ultraman movie or show. It's kind of like different. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a spectacle more than a thrill, I guess. I don't know. It's definitely tokusatsu. So if you like tokusatsu stuff, that's older, 
which I do. That's Japanese for special effects. It is, which would mean even Doctor Who is tokusatsu. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Check it out if you want. Uh, Yeah, give it a watch. All right, I got to step away for a second. Do you want to... Do you want to start your, myself? Sure. your 500 yeah. movies in 500 days challenge? Yeah, hello everyone. I'm Count Pupper. Uh, I started a letterbox account at the beginning of this year. Everyone that was saying, Count, why don't you have letterbox? Well, I made one, okay? And we're, again, I'm dating myself, but this is just for this first episode. Hopefully I'm not dating myself every episode we do this year. But it's the 16th of January, and I've watched 18 films this year already. So here we go. 500 movies in 500 days, folks. Gonna be doing it. Yeah. Exactly. Adult swim in the corner here. 500 movies, 500 days. Can I do it? Can a little little dog in a vampire cape watch so many movies in so many days? We're gonna find out. Where is this putting me out to this? Uh... I didn't agree to this. I don't know about this. I don't know what's going on here. He's just saying, Count's going to watch 500 movies. Okay. Uh, so far, I've just happened to watch a movie every day or more. So we'll see if I can keep up that pace. While I hit 500, we'll see. We'll find out. But what I've watched that we haven't covered here on my list, which is on letterboxd.com slash Count Pupper. Give me a follow. Check me out. Uh, Creating Rem Lazar. I gave half a star. We can read some of my reviews too here. Half a star out of five? Yeah. Because I kind of give it a zero. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, my review for Creating Rem Lazar was already regretting keeping track of what I watched in 2024. And that was my third review for the year. <laughs> That's what I thought about that. Um, Purple People Eater, we watched that at MDBs. I gave it no stars, no review. That's my first no star, no review. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I watched uh, The Rover, three and a half stars from 2014. It's kind of a Mad Max 1 type of movie. Without the flamboyant gang members. I'm quoting my own reviews here. Um, I would recommend that one. Batman's in that. The newest Batman. He's in that. He kind of plays. Ben Affleck? No. The new, even newer. Oh, right. Right. I forgot. Kind of plays like a slow kid in Australia. During the kind of apocalypse. But it's not quite the apocalypse. Like I said, it's Mad Max 1. So it's on the brink. You know something bad's in the process of happening. You so know, it I is also in Australia. It is also Australia, yes. I watched Mad Love. I watched Frankenstein. Good movies. Watch them. Terrible movie I tried to watch. Uh, the Abomination from 1986. Some of these I got from uh, Sect. Buddy Sect here. Uh... Recommending movies on Letterboxd, so I'm checking out what he's watching. And uh, that one was terrible. The Abomination. 
Now, second was that a rec- that, Oh, okay. I don't know. I, don't I was going to say, was that a recommendation? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying Haven't that like of some of these are. So I don't want to, I don't want to put words in his mouth. <laughs> Hallucinations was, I remember that being one. That was kind of cool in 1986. Ultimate homemade movie, the one you'd want to make with friends and your siblings when you were a teen. A very thin plot, but a ton of creative effects and scenes that come with being young. And the evil laughter sounds a lot like the alien Baltan. It's like a bunch <laughs> of laughter, and it just sounds like whoa, 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 over and over again throughout the movie. Um, there's a few others. You can check them out yourself here on letterbox.com slash countpupper to see what I've been watching, and we'll see if I hit 500 movies in 500 days. Now... What is it about Letterboxd that makes it appealing over something like, let's say you're entrenched in IMDb. Let's say you've done dozens of hours of work trying to uh, bring IMDb's gridman data, you know, up to speed or like filling in WMAC master's plot synopses, you know, like what is it about letterbox that is appealing? Well, I thought you were going to say, what if, what if someone spent hundreds of hours in a, uh, a document on their own filling out movies? Oh, that's my uh, own letter- thing. Yeah. Letterbox is appealing because it's kind of a, a social media platform just for movies. Does it have shows? I don't think it has shows, Okay, but it did have like, you know that little Shin Godzilla, Shin Hedora movie that I showed that was like 25 minutes long yeah, on yeah. my channel? It had that, so I could review that and add that. Hmm. So it has some things that are weird <laughs> online only, that if they qualify as a short film or a film, they do have some shows we're hearing. I'm, I'm, I'm gaining intel from the chat here, from MDB. Some shows. Some shows on there. But it's a social media platform. You can follow people. Um, you're encouraged to comment more. IMDb got rid of the comment system, their message board system. Mm, probably for so, the most. Yes. I think and they should I'm get rid of the, the list system where, where all the people are like, hot men, Hollywood. And it's, you know, Mark Ruffalo and shit. <laughs> I don't, Some all of those lists that always show up on the side of everything you look at. I like them for IMDb because I can type in uh, best movie under 90 minutes and sometimes I'll get really good stuff. Or, On IMDb you type this? Yeah. It's weird. I, like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> Just has a little I meant someone has made lists. Oh, like great okay. movies under 90 minutes. Okay. So Some of the lists are good and then some of them are... But Letterboxd also has lists. Letterbox also has lists, which I'm doing one movies I watched in 2024. And it is just more if you're looking for like minded movie people, which I try my best to avoid movie people. But I figured I'd dip my toes into this year until I get tired of it. (laughs) I might get real tired of it. I don't know. Yeah. For now, I'm trying it out. Um. I did this like a few years ago and I, I, it, I lasted like a week. I don't know. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch a movie every day and I'm going to, 
And I'm going to try to draw something from that movie every day. And I, I watched Compañeros, and yeah. I drew uh, Jack Palance smoking weed, and then I watched The Hidden, and I drew What's-His-Face, that hot guy Hollywood. <laughs> What's his fucking name? The Hidden, the bug movie? Yeah. With the throat? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm looking up uh, Kyle MacLachlan. Kyle MacLachlan, yeah. And then I kind of just stop. It's hard. I'm with Auckland. It's hard to watch. Should have been cast as the question thirty years ago, but they didn't make it. Um, it is. It's hard to watch a movie every day. I don't know if I actually will, folks. But it's just it's happenstance. Sometimes you can watch two movies and then skip a day. You ever do that? Yeah. I'm going to be allowing myself that if this challenge is real and happening, I'm going to give myself buffer days by watching two, three movies at a time. Um, speaking of, we watched more on movies and more and more on movies, which I gave four out of five respectively. Oh yeah, I forgot that. to I forgot to pull an image for more on movies. You mentioned that. I just figured we could talk about them now because I'm looking at our list and. We technically don't have them written down, but we're talking about yeah shit that I watched and showed. So um, moron movies. I'm trying to I'm trying to ease back into this after going to the bathroom. Yeah, sorry, I've been talking a while and not letting <laughs> you. T- I would give you a break. Um, it's so like was this released as a movie or is this some kind of compilation thing that someone did? It was released as a movie, as a tape. You as a get tape. more on movies and more and more on movies. Um, as two VHS And the, what's the guy's name? Uh, Len Chella. Len Chella or Sella, yeah. Yeah, or uh, Sella. Th- Recently died back in this past December. Rest in peace. So these were short, short little films, very quick, like 10 to 60 second <laughs> little, little film vignettes uh of like comedy stuff and some of them were used on johnny carson which i think i may have they they would have been on in like prime me watching johnny carson time absolutely because as as a child my my household all love johnny carson i i did i thought that johnny carson must be the funniest person on the planet because Everybody in the audience laughed and my family laughed. So <laughs> had a lot of influence on me as to what like, comedy been on is TV here. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. Uh, he d- has a style and this ha- moron movies has a style. Very dry, very kind of like, I don't, it, it felt like when I was growing up, my dad had a, a, sh- uh, a shed that like he kept his his golf cart in and there was a calendar in the in there that had this exact kind of humor where it's like kind of scatological but not really and like kind of dirty but not really but and <laughs> kind of sexist you know like just this weird kind of yeah if you were real dumb you could say line. boomer humor but you know we're not, we're smarter than that, but it's yeah, just short little clips, little gags, uh, like a very dry, generally very dry 
just a guy looking into the camera and like dryly saying a joke. <laughs> it's like sometimes there's a prop and sometimes there's like a little thing made out of clay, you know. I thought it was it's, I laughed a lot watching this. I laughed a lot too. It's TikTok, you know, by one guy doing it himself or Vine. I tried TikTok last year, folks, during the fall. Can't get into it. It's a little over my head. I think I'm a little too old for it, but I'm not too old for moron movies and more moron movies. <laughs> I my write up for this is just a few sentences. Type of thing my old relatives would have had on the 90s. A very nostalgic trip of a long gone world. Take care in the next one, Len. Yes. <laughs> um, some of the people in Letterboxd. Now I'm going to be talking about Letterboxd because I'm in it. So I'm going to be calling you fuckers out <laughs> on things that we're watching. Like this coward Callisto who only gave it a half a star and said, immediately from the first frame, I burst out laughing, nearly in tears, and had to pause because I couldn't stop. It's so stupid. Moron Movies is the perfect title. And then goes on about how much they love it, but then only gives it half a star. If you love a movie and you're enjoying it, you can give it more than half a star. You fucking coward. See, that this is the thing that I feel like would get me about Letterboxd. You know, like, I don't... <laughs> I would I would get too pissed off at, like, people. You know, I don't, I don't really want the social aspect. I'm mad at this person now. Because they they talk they write this huge write up on how much they love it, and then they're too afraid to admit that it's like enjoyable or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like oh, this is this this meets a quality that gives me pleasure, but it doesn't meet some weird abstract idea I have about what gets more than half a star. In a, yeah, <laughs> in a in a correct sense, you know. That being said, I something we're going to talk about did get half a star from me on Clutterbox. Uh, <laughs> it's coming up soon. Well, so, it's not this next one. It's not. A uh, movie we watched. A movie I've had on my hard drive for a long time and hadn't got around to watching. To watching. Uh, Crazy Thunder Road by... What's his name? Sogo Ishii. Uh, AKA Gakuryu Ishii. Are you familiar with this director? I'm not. I I looked up a little bit about this, that this was kind of either his first or second movie that he made during film school. I yeah, don't know him other than that. I think it's like the third thing on his IMDb, but it was I think this was made as a final film school project. Which is amazing. Yeah. Uh it's from nineteen eighty, did I say? 1980. Um, so I have seen of this guy's other movies. I've seen Electric Dragon, eighty thousand volts, which I remember. I don't remember much about, but I remember liking. And I remember it's like it's like Tetsuo, if Tetsuo was fun to watch. <laughs> Is that a later one? Have you like seen a much the later one? It's from two thousand one, Electric Dragon. Are you talking about Tetsuo, the uh, the Iron the guy Man who becomes like all metal? Yeah, there's three. There's, there's I had seen that Tetsuo, the Iron Man, and Body Hammer, and then Tetsuo, the Bullet Man. There's three of those. Uh, I've only seen the first one. Which are I've, I've seen two of them. I don't know which two. Like they're you know they're like good movies, but they're they're not like fun movies. But Electric Dragon is kind of a similar 
theme and tone, but also just like more fun. Uh, uh I'd have to check it out. The, sound, I liked this a lot. This guy also directed uh Halber Mensch, a concert movie for Einstürzend and Neubauten. And well, how was that? I haven't seen it. I'm ninety percent sure. <laughs> I've seen a concert movie of them, like back from Disc Netflix. I don't remember like what it was, but I'm I'm pretty sure it wasn't this. And I do want to watch it because they are one of my favorite bands, and I, I just think it's very interesting that I found out that they collaborated on something. But uh, this movie, wow, <laughs> I, I really like this movie. Uh, yeah. This is a this is a movie about Bosozoku, which is the specific type of Japanese punk that rides motorcycles and are tough guys. Um part of the reason that I had kept this on my hard drive for so long is like I tend to click around a movie I download and like look for something that stands out, you know? Like I try to find a scene like, Oh, look at that scene. This, this scene looks crazy. This scene looks something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Or something that I can sell somebody else on. Like, Oh, you want to watch this movie? It has this part, you know, but like, there's not really any parts (laughs) in this. Like this movie doesn't really have any single parts that are like, Whoa, it's, it's just like, it just maintains this constant level of being really fucking weird and cool for the whole movie. So like, yeah, I had a hard time seeking to anything that looked weird or cool. I had mentioned that the peanut butter solution is kind of flat tone the whole time. This is like the opposite of that. This is kind of cool the entire time. Visually, the music is incredible in this movie. Um, really good soundtrack. Good soundtrack and sounds and just like everything. Yeah. The audio. I don't know if he did that himself or whoever did it, but all the audio and mixing and the soundtrack and just everything about this is it's pinnacle of cool. <laughs> there's there's a lot of really slick stuff uh, in this and. um. There, there's also it's a lot of there's also a lot of rough stuff like particularly early on in the movie there's a lot of weird like the 80 yard lines are like maybe not lined up properly like somebody will say something and then there will be like a quarter of a second of another line did you, did you notice that was this the movie we watched where the captions were slightly off they got yeah they got more off as the movie went on <laughs> Yeah, I don't I like somebody would be saying like the dubbing. Hey, off. get over here, you weak coward. But, you know, like it would have a, yeah. a little bit of another word. And it's like some of the camera work is a little rough, but like it all. I don't know. Um, don't let it. Don't let that put you off. <laughs> it's, yeah, watch this. Um, the credits are amazing. The opening credits in the neon. Um, yeah. Like everything, as I, I was thinking about this this morning before we have have done the podcast here, it it feels like every 
scene kind of has like a style, you know, like, like there's, there's the first scene you kind of, you jump into the movie. It's a hard movie to get into. I think it, what did you You said something kind of interesting about this while we were watching it or after like it, um, like it, it resists you or something. You said something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, it holds you at arm's length or something. It does. It keeps you at arm's length for getting too invested into it. Um, I, it seems that to do that deliberately. I feel like part of that might be cultural. Yeah. You know, just because we're not Japanese and we don't, yeah, I mean, know I can, some of this I can stuff. say something ignorant right now, and I will. Um, <laughs> okay. Like, is this uh, accurate to how Japan was in the 80s at all? Like, was was there a gang problem with motorcycles? Or is this all, like, well, a fabrication? I mean, it's, it's a really big... Uh, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to say trope... Uh, I don't want to say meme, but these were the words that are coming to mind because we live in 2024. Uh, you, I mean, you see these punks, you know, these like pompadour punks who ride like souped up motorcycles and, you know, they have like, they have sort of like an imperialistic, like nationalistic kind of like aesthetic to their whole thing you know like it's it 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 must have existed (laughs) at some time because there's like they're so prevalent in like a certain era of media like video games you know anime anime. movies like base they're basically 1950s american greasers run through the filter of post world war two, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I read a thing that said, this is the only movie about Bosuzoku, which can't be true. Um, it's the only one I've seen. Cause it's, yeah, it's the only one I've seen. And it's, it's <laughs> one of my favorite, like aesthetics and like themes. I like, I love these guys whenever they show up, but, like I know that there are like sixties and seventies exploitation movies that kind of have this same theme, you know, but and same style of character. But anyway, I also have written down that each act was different, like completely. Like there's three almost distinct acts. Yeah. Um, the first thing for... that that keeps sorry. <laughs> The first thing that keeps you at arm's length is like, you don't know who the main character is. You don't, you're not really introduced to any character. It's just happening. If you, it's almost like a documentary, right? Like they're talking. If you look on IMDb, I I think what it says on IMDb is like a gang leader. Ken is, is dating a barmaid and wants to break up the gang. And then like the first thing, you see is about that at all. <laughs> right. the first thing you see is the gang like oh, what's what's ken doing are we gonna kick ken out ken wants to break up the band and then and then ken shows up and then it has this really fucking cool scene where ken is talking to the the barmaid 
it's like back and a back and forth conversation between them and you don't hear it. It's like silent movie subtitles. Yeah. That's really um, cool. <laughs> between them. And it's like, who's, who's the main character. And then at some point, this little shithead named Jin shows up and it turns out Jin is the main character. <laughs> like he's immediately when you meet him, he like, he's, he's like, ah, you fuckers, you fucking cowardly bitches. We're going to keep writing. Fuck you bitches. And like, because of the way the movie's been going and what you're assuming, it's like, who's this fucking guy? Like, what is, what's going on and here? Then, and then, then he's he the, he's him. the main character. He, be, he becomes the hero. I'm going to say something about that conversation at the bar and mm-hmm. then something else later on. Do you think that's intentional or do you think they filmed it? He d- messed up the audio, so he decided to, to th- go that route. I think it was intentional. I think it's like okay. what I was saying, like like how every scene kind of has a theme. You know, like there's the action, the early action scene where it's sort of the theme is like there's going to be a lot of sparks. It's dark. <laughs> Right. It's dark and every like impact is going to shoot sparks everywhere. And then there's like, then there's a conversation scene where it's like a silent movie. And then later there'll be a conversation scene where it looks like a, a soap opera porno. Yeah. They and- do a conversation scene again where you don't like see anyone actually talking. They're just kind of panning around, but the lips aren't moving. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or, like they're panning at the feet. So I was also wondering like, is this another thing where like he just, had this raw footage and he decided to insert a scene here was it planned to be shot this way because he's a film student you know right i didn't know it feels Uh, it feels like film school in that way like he's trying a bunch of shit right but it all works and it's cool (laughs) it's all cool this is really good it's really good i don't know i felt like i was gonna say more there just yeah um i I very much rec- I gave this movie a nine on IMDb, my old person social media. Uh, <laughs> Give it the times. We're on Letterbox now. Yeah. Um, there, there's stuff. There are descriptions of this movie that say it's cyberpunk. Yeah, it's not uh, really. It's, Mad Max. it's not. It's just punk. Like it's it's kind of like Repo Man. You know, like it's punk. It's a it's a punk movie in that way. Uh, Definitely not Mad Max. Definitely not cyberpunk. Yeah, but it is good. The director made cyberpunk later. (laughs) We can like things that aren't Mad Max, folks. It's okay. Just because someone's on a motorcycle and has a shotgun doesn't mean he's Mad Max. But yeah, the uh, Count was talking about there's three there's three very distinct acts. There's the the motorcycle rebellion act. Uh there <laughs> I guess we we'd sort of spoil here a little bit, so we'll spoil as far as the act structure goes. Right. Maybe it'll help you digest the film a little better. The second act is uh, the main character and a bunch of his friends get recruited into a far right nationalist paramilitary organization, which yeah. I was, I was thinking about this. They must've, 
Yeah, I don't know, you know, historically, <laughs> but like in the world of the movie, they must have been with the government because they had guns and they could right. use guns. <laughs> so when we were watching this, I asked Morris, like, do you think this is just another gang and they're based around pretending to be in the military? But it does make more sense if they're actually affiliated with them. Like, I, I thought it was like a like a brown shirt style thing, like just some paramilitary thing that the government let hang because they were, you know, far right and for order, you right. know, but like they did have guns. So I don't I don't think the Japanese government. I don't know. We don't know enough. About what was going we don't on. know enough, and it's. But uh, uh, I, I'm too ignorant to know if it's. Yeah. How much of foot step? How much of the foot is in reality, and how much of the foot's in fantasy? At and, like uh, at no point. One thing I thought that was interesting about this is that at no point do they represent the Bosuzoku as a stepping stone to the Yakuza. Like, there's no Yakuza in this movie. No, and like every kind of media that I've seen that's like high school Japanese punks, like it's just sort of taken for granted that they will eventually they will either die or move into the Yakuza. (laughs) And like that just they didn't go that way at all. Like some of them became cops, which I thought was really cool. (laughs) Like they got a job. There's yeah, some of them get straight jobs. Uh, like I have to be up at like six in the morning, and they're or they're still like fuck. That's that's the bastard we saw from before. Let's kick his ass. Oh, let's go get chicks. Yeah, like they're still kind of yeah. acting the same. Like it it acknowledges sort of like I like overall this movie like has a really great like overall tone of like desperate masculine aimless rebellion you know and like absolutely some of the people go straight and some of them don't and not like none of them end up happy (laughs) but then the third act is like a violent rebellion by the main character against against the the right wing organization whoever the fuck they are <laughs> which you, you is sort of hinted at here on the cover the guys um, with guns but it's uh which don't google this because you'll get spoiled now i'm looking at things like having seen the movie i i fucking i really like this movie i don't know very very recommend this film to to anyone i know who's smart <laughs> yeah i'd recommend it to anyone who has a passing interest in film especially if you want to make a film of your own watch this we joke a lot about watching cool movies if you're in college but this the whole thing about masculinity is true and probably you're at a good age at that point to watch something like this to think about your life and what you're doing with it and uh you know it's good for me now what the fuck am i doing with my life Am I aimless like these punks? Maybe. Am I going to end up like Jin? I hope not. Maybe I do. I don't know. Some yeah, some it. similarities to Night Riders <laughs> that, yeah. we, 
that we spoke about on the podcast. Yeah, not giving up the dream in a way, because this begins almost in a... Um... Well, you haven't seen the Warriors, have you? No, I, I I did read, you know, a bunch of people are like, oh, it's the Japanese Warriors, so... Well, it is, in not in a bad way, but the, the concept of all the gangs uniting at the right. beginning is a bit like the Warriors, and I'm using that positively. Yeah. Um, Still need to see the word. Uh, but it's also like giving up the dream, you know? you're Even doing that is giving up the dream, and you're rebelling against that. This, If you're going to be a biker gang and a punk, you want your independence. You don't want to have some order. Yeah. So they immediately rebel against that. Check Great it out. Movie. I, it's not on Tubi. No. I, it's on Blu-ray, I think. <laughs> I think the first time it got released in English was the Blu-ray. And then listen to the music after, because it's really, really, really good. It is. It's uh, some some guy managed to get all of the... It's it's mostly like two different artists. Uh, but it's it's mostly just like late 70s kind of rock and roll there's a there's a really good reggae style song in one of the better scenes of the film <laughs> slow well, motion the scene that song ending credit song really good it all it all just has a very good sound and attitude and al- like almost every scene like has its own song you know to go yeah. like there's there's a lot of songs Great. The, I, I love this movie. The soundtrack, which is split on YouTube in two parts, um, is like 80 minutes long. And I said to Morris, how is that possible? And he's like, you bozo, there's a song every scene. <laughs> like, you're right. And it's all very good. Check it out. Check it out. So, the, the last movie, the... Uh, well, two movies, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, the last two movies, the main theme of the episode, uh, adaptations of a manga called Drifting Classroom, which is in probably my top five Japanese mangas. Count hasn't read it. Haven't read it. But I did watch two ap- adaptations of it, so I don't know if I have to read it now. I know what it's all about. <laughs> Uh, it's by Kazuo Umezu, who we, we talked about on the podcast before, I believe, uh, that you did that horror, like that, like two, two story horror anthology thing by him. Right. Anime thing. Uh, which check those out. I forget what they're called, but they're, they're worth watching. It's, it's called like the anime of Kazuo Umezu or something, isn't it? It's like... (laughs) Yeah, the movie of Kazuo Mizuki. Um, this is a a story about a Japanese elementary school that gets teleported into the future by a time slip. The people left behind don't know why. They at first assume it was a gas explosion, and as time goes on, like they realize something else happened, and. The, the situation in the future, uh, he says 
without having read Lord of the Flies is Lord of the Flies esque. It's just the kids are the kids just go through hell, and the adults left in the school are they all go insane? <laughs> like kids, kids are choked and stabbed and bludgeoned, and they die from disease and the elements and like future shit. It's very dark. Uh, a lot of childs dying. Very dark. So I love it. <laughs> but the first we're gonna talk about this isn't the first adaptation we watched. But the first one we're going to talk about, which I had never heard of until I was, tr- I was for this very podcast trying to find a poster for <laughs> the original adaptation. We watched Drifting School, a 1995 made-for-TV American adaptation of Drifting Classroom by a Japanese director. Uh, yeah. This is really weird. <laughs> Uh, Bubba Smith, football player. Yeah. Billy Drago, Western star. Best, and Drake best known as uh, John Bly from uh, Briscoe County, at least to me. Billy Drago. And Drake. And Drake. Yeah. What, yeah. Drake, Drake what? is the little kid there. He's, he looks about five years old throughout the movie. You don't even recognize him as someone who recognizes Drake Bell. From the, the, the sweet life of Drake and Josh or something? What did you say it was? Uh, Drake and Josh. I feel like I'm saying that weird. On Nickelodeon. Yeah, I'm not. It was his first acting role. This movie looks like a live-action part of a Power Rangers episode. Like It has an incredibly cheap shitty look to it <laughs> like it looks really like even for a tv movie this looks really fake and bad and like the acting all has this like everyone seems like an extra from power rangers it yeah i thought it was made by saban and i looked it up and it's not because it, it feels just like a saban it's very <laughs> product so in this one <laughs> in in this adaptation of the story, uh, there's a space satellite. Like it starts in the Pentagon. Well, I, no, actually, the the opening credits of the movie in the background have panels from Drifting Classroom, <laughs> and then and he's reading it. as yeah, as the movie starts, the the young child, what was his name, Jeff Jeffrey or Jerry or Billy Drago called him Bobby at one point, which wasn't his name. What is his name? We'll just say Drake, I guess. Yeah, we can just say Drake. I'll so, look it up. So though. Drake, in the beginning of the movie, he's literally reading Drifting Classroom, which, like, I don't know what... I <laughs> I didn't know it had been released in America at that point, but he has, like, a big a big volume of the original manga. And he's Kenny. Just, Kenny, yeah. He's, dri- he's flipping through it. And... <laughs> so... There's a space satellite, and the Pentagon, a guy who looks like Terry Bruges Hiplo is the the guy in the Pentagon, and he's like, we gotta shoot down that space satellite, it's it's gonna fall on L.A., there's no humans in L.A., just a bunch of cockroaches. 
like <laughs> there's there's this really awful CG of the space satellite, and it's like we gotta NASA says we gotta shoot it down. So they use a space laser. They use Star Wars, which has never been tried. <laughs> yeah, and they say it by name, Star Wars. I guess because you're mentioning a better movie, right? And you're a piece of shit. Didn't they? I know it's also the name of a real space. Oh, program, that Simpsons. Okay, it, it, I was th- I was Star Wars. Yeah, Sorry. I was thinking. Didn't they? They mentioned another movie, and it, I'm, I was thinking of the Simpsons reference. Oh um, yeah, the Simpsons tapes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, like Star Wars: The Program was defunct by now. Had to have been. It was not well, even ever made. It you, was just like you can't, theorized. You can't get a satellite down once it's up there. So they're you know they're still up there. <laughs> so, so they're gonna okay, shoot no, down. I- what? I'm going to, you know, stand by when I'm wrong. Okay, this came out in 95, mm-hmm. and Star Wars was renamed in 93. So I guess it's close enough to, like, be excusable. Okay, folks? I thought it was, like, done by then, like, dead and buried. It was, okay. all, it was all Reagan's gorilla dust. Yeah, rest in hell. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck you, Reagan. Uh... So that's not the only thing. The other thing that's happening is uh, Billy Drago is a evil cult leader with hypnotic powers who is being moved to jail (laughs) simultaneous with this stuff. And as they're moving him to jail, he hypnotizes the cops and his other evil hypnotized followers show up and he gets out and he ends up at the school so, so simul- they're, they're shooting down the space satellite and then like, it's not really clear what's going on because they vaporize the space satellite. And then like the, the Terry Bruce Hiplo guy is like, raise the power. We ha- we need more power. No, we can't raise the power. We don't know what's going to happen. No, raise the power. Damn it. So they just, they shoot a laser. The laser hits the school as all these things are converted. Oh, also, uh, it's a high school, and Kenny is going there to watch a basketball game. He's going to watch his cousin play because his cousin's in California, and they're playing a team from Vermont or some shit. Right. <laughs> it's, it doesn't make any sense. There's the good guy team has a big M on their, on their jersey. They eventually said what the M stood for. I don't remember what it was, though. And then you know the- what? The other team has a big V on their jersey, and they say, I'm pretty sure they said Vermont. They do say Vermont. Which they I, do. <laughs> I've never heard of, like, interstate high school basketball, but I don't know. Interstate cross country? Like, it's... it. They're in L.A. At that point, <laughs> yeah, you might as well do, like, inter-country, because there's Japanese people in this. So right, the Vermont... Just a team playing against... A Japanese team. If you're going to just do that, the Vermont high school basketball team is like all Japanese kids with a Japanese coach, right? <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. So the school gets shot by the laser. They get teleported to the future. Uh, Kenny has a psychic connection with his mother. <laughs> Were you laughing? 
Do you have the GIF ready? Oh. Uh, let me see. Where did I put that? <laughs> yeah, Kenny has a psychic connection with his mother. Um, <laughs> Billy Drago sneaks into the school. He starts taking... He starts making new minions. He, he kills the principal. Um, like, I... <laughs> As as we were watching it, I said it, it's convenient to have both a rival basketball team and an evil cult leader, so you don't you don't have to make any statement in the movie about human nature being murderous and shitty. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have to you, have a, uh, a you, breaking down of people who know each other. Yeah, like a classroom of a small community. You just have this like artificial conflict built into the structure. Instant rivals um, because like it's there instead of just how we break down differences differences in this film to the original and other adaptations. There's a lot of driving in this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, there is. We, can I also just say like, well, if you're going to list more, go ahead and then I'll no, I, you go ahead. The, the world is there. Like, okay. From what I know about drifting classroom, drifting school, the world is just the school once they get sent into the future. This is like, everything's kind of still there. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? Um, like, it's not, not as exactly. sandy. Not as sandy. Right. Like, it's, it's just, just it's basically just like a flat. In drifting school, it's basically just a flat desert that you yeah. can drive on. And also, you know, there's cars with gas. <laughs> in in the other adaptations, like, the, the world outside the school is, like, unbelievably hostile. You could never, like, not only could you not drive on it, there are no cars. You don't like. you don't want to be out in it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like every t they they constantly are just taking cars out into the desert to do shit, which it's just a really weird script thing, you know. Uh and it like they could have walked. I don't it it it, it, it diffuses a lot of the tension. Um Kenny has asthma? Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> He should have went to the doctor, but and then you think maybe he's gonna have an asthma attack, and oh my god, they're in the future, and how are we gonna get him an inhaler? Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't come up. It never comes up. He like they they run around on rocks for about forty five minutes. Yeah, he's running and around the desert. There, there's no, no point. There's no point where it's like ah, my asthma. Like nothing. No. <laughs> it's like why is that even in the script? So. I don't, the first thing to say, oh, oh right. There's, there's, there's a fat kid <laughs> There is. Uh, who's an inventor. And like the first thing, the first time you Paul. meet him, Paul, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Hey, I'm inventing a laser and it's even cooler than my hologram girl, which we never got to see the hologram girl. I just never realized. Aww, I wish yeah. that had been in there. Um, but he's inventing a laser. <laughs> that's that's Chekhov's laser. Um, so at some point, 
Billy Drago, there's a big conflict with him. He shoots Bubba Smith, the the top build man in the movie, football hero Bubba Smith, just dead. Um, for some reason, they end up on a chase in the desert, and they run, they run and they run on the rocks, and Kenny starts having his psychic episode communicating with his mother. And this is this is in both the other film and the original manga. He's like he, the the main kid gets in a conflict and he's like mom please help me and his mom says I need to help my son. So she she smuggles a weapon to basically the, you know, the site of the school. But in this they're not at the school. <laughs> right. In this they're in a desert on rocks. So Kenny realizes we're in the park by my house. So I need to ask my mom for a weapon in the park by my house, which like we're all this, this concept is already getting like long in the tooth. <laughs> and, like it's already, it's already a big reach. Um, so she, she takes a can of mace to the park and in the past and in, and then in the future he finds the can of mace doesn't fucking work the mace That's doesn't work it's all rusted and old what was the point of this fucking scene <laughs> like why the point of the scene was to show that she could do it and then later on she knows to put the medicine in a more protected box so the mace doesn't work. They're saved by a Doctor Who creature. Both of the both of the adaptations of this have like the weird Tom Baker Doctor Who Technicolor kind of effects. You know? <laughs> Which I like uh normally. Um now I'm I'm not so sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I how what do you think about this creature? Oh, I thought this creature was terrible. The little biolanti thing. Um It's like a vaguely humanoid shape. Huge hands. Has huge hands, a big old eyeball in the middle, and then like a, a weird mouth head. A brief part at the end. Or was it near the end? When they have the medicine mm-hmm. and attacks the student and he has the bat and he's like holding it off at the door. And it looks good for about like two seconds, right? And then like, in the movie, actually looks like okay, like the shot and everything. This movie shot like th- don't watch this, by the way. <laughs> it's on <laughs> like, archive. It's on YouTube. Not even as a morbid curiosity. Don't watch this. This is awful. This is god awful. So, um, yeah. Go but ahead. it looks like a real movie for like two seconds. Yeah. A little split scene there, and it's like okay, and then it's not. Ever again. So, so on it's okay there. On the second. note of this being a real movie, I like. What do you think of the monster, though? It's fine. Okay. It it seems like they kind of tried to do the one from the manga, and like be oh, faithful I've, to well, it. I haven't read it yet, so I don't yeah. know if I will. Um, I haven't read it. You should. So. But I I am being a real film. I am very interested in. What the fuck happened? Like, how did this get made? It's so bizarre and so shitty. And so, like, why... Like, who wanted to make 
an adaptation of a 1972 manga for TV, for American TV in 1995. And why did they do it so bad? And why does it have the cast it does? Like, I, the I only. It was produced and directed by Japanese people. Yeah. The only evidence I can find of this existing is like when Billy Drago died, um, which I assume must have been a few years ago. The, the mom in the movie tweeted, had fun making a ridiculous movie drifting school with Billy Drago. He was a great guy. (laughs) And like, that's all I can find. Like, I wish I could find something else. Archive.org at some point had all the issues of Starlog pulled. I feel like if I was able to comb every Starlog from 95, there would be something in there. Because there usually is with this type of thing. But, like, I'm, I, I can't do the research, unfortunately. I did some very cursory searches last night after watching it. There's not much about it to learn. Yeah. Um, the 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 guy who directed it did has done other movies but you know, nothing anyone's ever heard of. There's like some baseball movie. Yeah. I'm sure he's just kind of like work for hire kind of <laughs> like average type director. Seemed to have stable work up until about 10 years ago if he's still alive or not or whatever he's doing. Just it has named actors in it like you know not the most famous people but people have done other things yeah mainly billy drago (laughs) billy drago the woman from texas chainsaw like uh henry silva um and bubba smith you know not the most not top tier people but people who have acted before this and then after yeah it's it's interesting it's it's not good. It's real bad. No, don't watch uh, again. <laughs> Do not watch this. It's boring. It's bad. It's again not even interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's really boring. We kept saying that. Yeah. This is boring. Uh Just 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 badly made i don't know badly written badly made (laughs) like it's it has the energy of something you would see on sunday tv in 1995 and change the channel um yeah it's the the ultimate the ultimate solution is they they find a nuclear reactor they hook up paul's laser to the nuclear reactor and it only has enough power to send one one little person <laughs> back in time. <laughs> so it's got to be Kenny. They shoot Kenny and uh, send him back. I actually, I've read Drifting Classroom front to back twice, and I don't exactly remember how it ends. <laughs> so I can't. So you don't know if a kid gets sent back or not? I'm pretty sure... That a kid gets sent back, yes. Okay. Um, like in the original manga, so it's it's an elementary school in the original, and the main character is an elementary school kid, but there is an even smaller kid who like goes buddy. with him, and yeah, buddy, 
in the in the other movie in the other version the better version <laughs> there's a 1987 japanese adaptation of drifting classroom and it's just called drifting classroom and it's really good this good i thought i didn't i don't think it's as good as crazy thunder road if we're if we're no, doing that but no no but it, it's um, i enjoyed the the japanese version it is Drifting school don't watch also becomes president which is stupid oh yeah <laughs> right so it in the original and then in both movies there's a thing where in the future right outside the school there's a, a monument to the school like they you know because they made it in the past and then they find it in the future and it's all like broken up and covered over with sand and shit um but in drifting school Kenny is like, how come I'm not on here? I'm here. Why didn't they put me here? And then they send him back and the monument gets more words on it. And it's like, hey, guys, it's me, Kenny. Now I'm president of the United States. And I hope that you guys can make a good future. <laughs> um, sucks. sucks. I'm going to say one more thing about it before the Japanese version. Yeah. Uh, I wrote this down. I wrote down a note. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I could remember I wrote this last night. That I, and I kind of mentioned this to you. Okay. But I wrote, I flushed out the idea more. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Drifting Classroom is the perfect movie for a sociopath to use to get out of a, a relationship. If you're dating someone and you don't like them, but you're too cowardly to break up with them, then put this on and say it's a favorite and that you watch it all the time. Drifting school. Be you gone mean. from your life so fast. Drifting school. Yeah, drifting school. To be clear. Not classroom. Sorry. Drifting school. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just put on that shitty movie and uh, just be like, yeah, I watch this all the time. If you want someone out of your life and uh, they won't stick around. So... The Japanese version, Drifting Classroom. From now on, when I say Drifting Classroom, I'm referring to this. Um, <laughs> this is another one I had on my hard drive for a while, and I, I jumped around it. And I, I thought my impression of this movie from jumping around the file was that it is it was so wildly off in tone from the manga that I kind of didn't want to watch it. And there, there are parts in here that are pretty wildly off in tone from the original manga, but like overall, it's actually very close, and it's I think it's a very good film. I gave it four stars. I really enjoyed this. Um, um I don't know if I'm getting sentimental in my old age, but like there were you know some little moments in this version of it. Uh, so, also some weirdness. You're saying that weirdness. Yeah. The original manga is not like this hodgepodge, diverse classroom. It's all Japanese kids, and then mm -hmm. in this, it's a little Japanese kid who was raised in America, back in Japan, and in a Japanese school, but for international students. Weird yes. setup. And it's okay. and they're and they're older kids in this too, right? Um, so. Right out of the gate, like in the in the real world, 
in the in the normal world in this movie there's a lot of uh map paintings and they're not done in a way that's supposed to be realistic they have like this kind of pastel storybook look to them so like the real world i'm calling it the real the, the past the the present right. the present in this movie like looks idyllic and like fairy tale kind of and it has that like it has that tone too because the kid goes to school and it's this international high school with like kids of all races the movie is 90% in spoken in english it's a japanese movie almost all of the lines are in english very few of the actors are good at speaking english <laughs> In a, yeah. in a way, in a traditional movie way, like even if they do, even if English is their native language, they're kind of not that good at speaking for a movie. It's really weird. Um, and then the Which, whole movie, uh, the whole movie is like subtitled on in the upper right in Japanese. The other version, you couldn't even understand them because the, the microphone was so bad. Right. <laughs> so there was, hold on, we got to go back and talk about the fucking buzzing sound the entire, like, first 40 minutes. Right. Yeah, like most. So <laughs> jumping back to Drifting School, the score, we can go back to the score on Drifting Classroom, but, um, whoa, you all right? Yeah, it's my microphone. The, um, the score on Drifting School is... A sentimental MIDI, a MIDI that sounds like it's from Samurai Showdown. <laughs> yeah. And then just like constant Buck Rogers noise. <laughs> it's like the yeah. first the first 40 minutes of the movie, once the laser disaster happens, it's just like the beeping. It's awful. Just like nonstop in the background. It's it's maddening. Um uh, Yeah, I, I I had a bring that up because <laughs> the music in drifting classroom is good it's by it's by joe hisaishi famous you know japanese movie sentimental guy uh it's there's kind of two modes like there's a sappy sappy orchestral kind of thing yeah. and then there's another kind of style that's like really similar to the parts in the Nausicaa soundtrack where they're like in the toxic jungle, like that kind of synth, like weird, scary eighties, seventies synth. Uh, I, you know, count was saying maybe I'm getting sentimental. I, the, I had, I was crying a few times in this movie and it may have just been because the soundtrack was so similar to Nausicaa, <laughs> which is so emotional to me. I don't know, but that's fair. I didn't cry, but it, it was a tearjerker, you know, especially the the mom and son stuff, and just like the hopelessness. Yeah, that's something. that's something Drifting School sort of got wrong. Is like it's it's pretty important to the story that the main character and his mom had a conflict and then can spend the rest of the story feeling bad about it and like coming yeah. to grips with it. Um, they don't like, they don't even introduce that concept until halfway through drifting school. Uh, but <laughs> right out of the gate on here and, and in the manga. But so, so the main character show, he goes to school. The school is like a, a fairy tale, multiracial 
high school. Everybody's friends. Everybody's beautiful. They go to class. The, their teacher is a young woman getting married. The class is so happy <laughs> that they just spontaneously break out in song. There's just a little musical number. Yeah, they start dancing. And then and then the event happens and they go to the future and a bunch of them get fucking buried in sand and die immediately. <laughs> yeah. They go from doing the Lotte Fitz commercial dance to just like choking and dying on sand. Yeah. So How'd you feel about the special effects in this movie? I I thought they were passable. I I had written down that I liked the visuals and I thought the creatures looked kind of cool. They yeah. they look like they're doing what they're supposed to do. The creatures? Yeah, well, everything, all the effects. Yeah. Like it's I mean, it there's a lot of I think really obvious blue I don't know if you'd say blue screen, green screen chroma yeah. key whatever you would say it's it's really obvious and some of the like camera work around that is a little weird but i think i think for what the movie is at all it it looks really great like overall there's a lot of great models and sets and colors and shots <laughs> it's it's a good look visually interesting um I thought the you know the effects are passable. They're not. Oh my god, these effects are terrible. But they're right. not going to blow your mind either. But yeah. they are very pretty. Uh, I didn't. Enjoyable. I didn't realize this before the end of the movie. Uh, this is directed by the same guy as Hausu. <laughs> right. Famous Japanese. Why is Hausu so big? By the way. Why and why so don't popular? and why do we say Hausu? Why like why don't we just say house? Because that's what it's fucking it's, called. Is it like the like ring? Hausu because they say R- the Ringu Hausu. thing? I don't know. People just like to say it. I've always heard that people call it Hausu from like high school onward. Uh, which I didn't actually watch until college, but I knew that it existed. Some like famous crazy Japanese horror movie. Yeah, I think that's just what it's known for. Yeah. As being the weird Japanese horror movie. I guess before like the the nineties and alts kind of takeover of thing like Ring. Yeah. Uh it was House. I then... for some reason my the the college that I finished at, uh they had a house poster like in the English department. Hmm. <laughs> I, I never <laughs> strange. Yeah. But yeah, I just I don't love that movie. I like it's fine to me. I don't know. I I don't really understand. It seems to be very very popular among a certain type of movie person. Uh it is. It's very popular among some annoying and it, and movie fans. like that being said, like why isn't this bigger, you know? Right. They might not know about it, but it does feel similar in tone to Two House. Yeah. Just That's where not... I was going with this whole song. Right. Um. Yeah, if you like House, definitely watch this. There's like a, like a, a zaniness, but also a darkness. You know, right? You know, to this. we say Houseu because we don't want to get confused with the other House movie, right? Which sucks fucking ass. 
think it's fine. I hate House One. I think I think House Two is like a lot better, but I really I get them hate confused. House 1. So I would have to like read the the synopsises to to tell them apart. Well, House One is the one where he's the Vietnam vet. He shoots the lady. He kills. He kills his wife. Right. Who ends up not being his? Like that's one of the things that pisses me off. We're talking about a different movie now. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's one of the things that pisses me off about House is that his wife comes to his house and he fucking murders her, and then it's fine because it wasn't really his wife. It was a ghost. Was like a like like give the movie some teeth. Have him kill his fucking wife. Like <laughs> you know, it'd be cool if he did. Like. It, like it's it's a horror movie that is like afraid to be a horror movie. It has some it has some really good like creatures in it, but like as a horror movie, it sucks. I still like it for the creatures. Admittedly, I haven't seen it in a long time, but that's one. I've seen it like three watching. times, and like every time I see it, it's like God. I don't. Do we have to fucking see House, man? <laughs> I'm gonna say it on the podcast. We don't have to watch House or Houseu. For that matter. Thank you. We don't have to. I've done my part with Halsu. I've seen it four times in my life. And it's, you know, I'm never like excited to watch it when someone wants to watch it. Right. <laughs> but Drifting Classroom, uh, you know, I was saying I had the impression that it had a, it had a tone that was not dark, like the manga. Like there's a, uh, there's a character who does not speak Japanese. <laughs> he's like, he's like the guy who delivers the kids lunch or something. And he's got a dog. Uh, and he goes, he goes nuts and just like starts holding hostages and like all the food is mine. And he pours gasoline under a door and sets somebody on fire on the other side, which is straight out of the manga. Um, and that's the scene in Drifting Classroom where Sho gets the help from the mom. And he's like, Mom, mm-hmm. I need help. I need help. And she throws a baseball bat into the <laughs> into the hole. And then he just has a baseball bat and he hits you know, it's not like narratively it's it's more magical, but it's also more satisfying because he uses it. <laughs> right. It actually works. More um, like an instant time portal psychic connection yeah. thing. Now, in this movie, the dog... I'm going to ask you a question. He has the dog, and then they find a dog skeleton. And then mm-hmm. they cut to the past, and the dog's there? Well, the dog the dog jumps out of the school as the time slip is happening. So the dog's in two places so, at once. Well... What happened? It's the future. So that's... it's He finds... The dog is in the present, but then the dog dies at some point and then puts its skeleton somewhere where it's master can found. I guess. Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's, that's what happened. So the dog plants itself to be found 200 years later yeah. with a pile of bones. Okay. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a small kid a small kid who comes along for the ride show just runs into him on the way to school. There's, there's a little alien. 
they run into a little alien that just pees all over everybody. I was going to say a little pissing alien. Um, there, there's kind of like a non-explicit connection between the creatures in this and water. Like, like their pee, <laughs> you know, the little yeah. guy, the little guy's pee seems to be benevolent. And then like when they, when the big evil crab creatures do die, they, they seem to be like shooting water out of their wounds, right. but they never, they never really say like, Oh, now we can drink water. Right. Like they, I think he drinks it at the end when the little one grows up. Right. When he gets, yeah, I think they finally make the connection. But by the way, this like scenario, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of movies you might want to self insert or be like, oh man, it would be cool to live that. No, this sounds horrible. We sent like hundreds of years in the future into a deserted waste. Like, even we keep talking about Mad Max. Mad Max would be more preferable. They're like, yeah, I'll go cruise around as Mad Max. And yeah. this is just like hopeless, awful. Would not be fun at all. There's no food. Yeah. They, there's no. Food, there's no nowhere water. to grow food. There's no water. There's no rain. You're stuck in school with your there's, classmates. There's, it sounds horrific. There's weird diseases. There's yeah. there's weird creatures. Just like it's incredibly hostile. Um, <laughs> and there's there's a point in the movie, probably pictured here on the poster, like a group of people go out. And, uh, oh, yeah. They, they go out and they have a little adventure. They come back to school and there's like 50 crosses. They're like, where is everybody? They all died. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody fucking died while you were out. Because <laughs> they, they go away and they say they were gone for a day and it was a month. Yeah. And they come back and everyone's dead. We're fucking. Okay. Do we want to boil something that happens? What? But the, they're on a little adventure? The time slip? Yeah. Sure, sure. Spoilers. One, one of the kids takes a drink of time water, mm-hmm. and he melts into a skeleton. <laughs> right? It looks incredible. It looks really good. There's, yeah, there's this whole sort of ongoing, like, the school gets sucked to the future in, like, a time beam. And then, like, in the future, there's, like, more time beams, basically. And they 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 find one. And yeah, the, there's there's time magic. Time has has time magic tricks that will fucking kill you if you're if you're a foolish child. <laughs> if you're a foolish child to take a sip of it and it melts you into a skeleton, it oh, looks it, amazing. Like, in spite of the weird, seemingly very lighthearted tone right off the bat, like the movie does not pull any punches. But like it still throughout it, it maintains this like fairy tale kind of like tone, you know, which is not present in the original. Right. We were worried that they weren't going to start killing kids. And, um, <laughs> they do. This is better than Housey, by the way. I'm, I'm going to put that out. There I think too. it's yeah. Uh, I, watch this over over House. Um, even the other version does kill kids, which is surprising. Yeah. Which did not feel like that type of Saban crap would do that, <laughs> right. but they, they go through with it. And they have kids walking around with guns and shooting other people. And 
it's dark. If you're going to, I guess, adapt this, there's no way to do it in like a clean, friendly way. Right. Oh, that being said, right. I forgot to mention it. I was, as I was looking on Wikipedia, which does not mention drifting school. (laughs) (laughs) It does mention that there was a Japanese TV series called the long love letter in 2002, which is a loose adaptation. Mm. I, I couldn't really find anything out about that. So, all folks, maybe we'll have to check it out after I actually read it, though. I, I don't know. It's probably some romance bullshit. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't I like, like those J dramas. <laughs> it's got love in the title. Yeah. There was. It, it wasn't mentioned in the same paragraph but it said something about there's an animated i think american movie called like my my high school fell in my whole high school fell into the sea or something like that and it's like that's inspired by the original as well Mm. so it's a very very widespread for as few people as have heard about (laughs) drifting classroom it's influential i guess I'm looking that one up. My high school in the sea. Like my whole high school fell into the sea or something. It's something like my that. entire high school sinking into the sea. Yeah. Yeah. 2016 American animated teen comedy drama film. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I recommend, I think the, the manga is like 10 volumes so you know it'll only set you back 200 300 400 bo- bucks probably <laughs> to, <laughs> to pick the whole thing up uh but it's a it's a good story i think that the japanese film is very good very true to it in its own way while being its own thing drifting school don't watch it don't watch it. Leave it alone. <laughs> Did you read 14, the spiritual sequel manga? No, I didn't. Okay. That's by Umezu also. It is. I didn't know that existed. There's so much. There's so it's much. A big, it's big rabbit hole. Jesus. Yeah. But, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about this? Uh, I say check it out. Uh... I my final line of my review on Letterbox is overall finding hope in a way to go on in a hopeless situation type of film, which is what we need. We all need a little hope sometimes, folks. Yeah, it <laughs> just well, I guess one last contrast between the films. It does. It ends on a hopeful note. You believe that the kids in the future are going to build a new society. Uh, in drifting school. <laughs> In drifting school, uh, about half an hour before the end of the movie, Kenny says, I had a dream that you guys all were starting a new society and you had, you were farming and you were, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, Kenny, where were you? I don't know. Like in heaven or something, maybe looking down <laughs> and it's like, and then they never like show that happen. They never, they never oh. like show that even begin to happen. It's just like. You just have to remember half an hour ago, like, oh yeah, Kenny said they were gonna do that. Like, it's so fucking shitty. 
Bad yeah, movie. don't watch that, but do watch Drifting Classroom. There's uh, there's two sets of twins. <laughs> there's a Japanese set oh, of yeah. twins, and there's there an are. American set of twins. So uh, weird, just a weird a woman movie. takes a shower at sand. Yeah, lot lot going on. Read the manga, watch the movie, uh, watch Crazy Thunder Road, watch Go for It. Watch Go For It. Watch Frankenstein. I haven't seen Frankenstein. Watch it. I'm just looking at my list. I'm going to make. <laughs> <laughs> follow Count Pupper on Letterboxd. Yeah. Follow me on Letterboxd. The official been... Watch Moron movies. The official. Yeah. Official Remove Film from Trey Letterboxd presence. Uh, I'm there. Count Pupper. Don't watch Purple People Eater. Right. Bad. Sorry. I, I sort of only got like the last 20 minutes of that. So Not good. I, I don't feel don't watch that one. I don't feel confident speaking on it. I didn't even review it. I I gave it no stars. I just added it to my watched on 2024 list. I said nothing about it. Watch more on movies. Thank you all for joining us today. Sire after again, if you're if you've listened, apologies. Much love. We'll we'll uh We'll get you back on. Love you, bud. Have have a good time, everybody. Bye, everyone. Where's Discord? There it is.